Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from California. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 63. We're on the fourth paragraph, and it says, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. We're going to read through three paragraphs ending with, we considered its common manifestations. Today's readers are Carol M. on the 12 Steps, Rocky I., the 12 Traditions, and our readers are Penny L.C., Jackie B., Sherry K.B. The reference number for Tuesday, July 4th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. meeting on Eastern Time is 10118. 10118. And the reference number for this morning's meeting, 7 a.m. meeting, July 5th, is 10121. Our preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carol M. to read the 12 steps. Carol? Good morning, this is Carol M. from Indiana, a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Carol M. I will now ask Rocky I. to read the 12 traditions. Star one, Rocky. 
Good morning. This is Rocky, recovered in Tempe, Arizona. The 12 traditions. Oh, can I be heard? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon our unity. Two, our group purpose, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority. A loving God as you might express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are the trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or lent their OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, uh, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name and never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me be this. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except for the speaker should be muted. And please do not use a speakerphone when you are sharing. Today, we resume our our study of the big book on page 63 on the fourth paragraph where it says, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action And we're going to read through three paragraphs, ending with the sentence, we considered its common manifestations. And we're going to be commenting on all all three paragraphs. And I am going to ask Carol, no, I'm sorry, Penny L.C. to begin reading. Penny L.C.? Good morning, Sylvia, and good morning to everyone on the line this morning. And Penny L.C., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. 
which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our own makeup, which, had, um, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestation. And I just want to go back to the choice that we made. We made a choice in step three, a spiritual agreement between our higher powers and ourselves to do steps four through nine. And those steps are now right there waiting for us, but it takes action and it's not something to delay. It's something to get right to it. I like many of us, was hesitant. I had ignored a lot of these things. I didn't want to look at it. It wasn't pretty. But I knew I had to uncover my truth and discover my reality around that truth and then be able to discard those things which had been creating pain for myself and those around me. I had to get down to those causes and conditions. And what was what was that? What were those? Well, what is a cause? You know, a cause for in this particular case would have been my character defect. For example, my self-centeredness. And what's the condition and how it manifests? Trying perhaps to control people and the situations around me. And oh boy, did I ever do that. But I had to get to the point where I could go through step four, do the work to highlight it, illuminate it all, and be able to get to see my side of it. Fact-finding and fact-facing. Fear, searching and fearless. No doubt about that. I had to be willing to look in all those dark corners and I had to do it fearlessly and how in the world was I going to do that fearlessly when I had so much fear the beautiful part was I didn't have to do it alone I had God right there and my sponsor to guide me and I had to trust the process and just be willing to walk through it 
you know, I took away my food. That had been the mask. And now it was time to get down to what was under that mask and to see what everyone else was seeing that I was trying so desperately to hide from. Not an easy process, but a vital one if I was going to recover. Thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny Elsie. Okay, so we have just read on uh, starting on page 63, and we've gone for three paragraphs. Who would like to start us off? Chris. I'll get a list of Chrissy G. Sorry. Chrissy G. Okay. Chrissy G. Well, Kathleen we have, uh, I, I have Kathleen. Was that Kathleen No. Oh. Yes. Okay. And I have Liat. Liat TV. Okay. And who else? Anybody else? Now's your chance. Roz G. Roz G. Courtney B. Courtney B. Sherry KB. Okay, Sherry KB. That's a nice lineup right there. Thank you. So I have Chrissy G, Kathleen No, Liat, Raj G, Courtney B, and Sherry KB. Chrissy G, will you start? Sure. Hi, I'm Chrissy G, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And when I first, when I first heard this step, first read this step, I was confused because I was really of the school of thought that I had, I was such a good girl and I had been so wronged all my life. And, you know, obviously it was the people that were in my life that corrupted my, my thinking and my feelings towards them by their actions. Never realizing how much of a part my thinking played in it. And it's so freeing at first a little humiliating but then so freeing to see my thinking and it's there's like some real cringy kind of moments when it comes to the surface and it's like oh wow now I can see how my thinking set the ball rolling and and how when I take that perspective on a relationship, on a thing, and specifically for me, it was all about the desire to be loved and valued. I just always, that was my, my modus operandi. Every interaction that I had, um, all of my keeping up with appearances, all of that was to be valued and, and feel value and loved from the inside. And it never worked. It was always very temporary. And it set me up for so many resentments and so much frustration and so much disappointment. So that I can see that about myself, that truth about myself. And then with the grace of God, I can change it a day at a time um, it's changed in me when I see the truth. God just does his work in me. And then I have to t- make the effort to notice it when it comes up again, as it most certainly will, and it tells us that it will in the steps, not not if but when um, that ego raises its ugly head again. And I can see it, and I can slowly by slowly make changes towards 
not behaving in that way anymore. And I'm just so grateful for this change, for the psychic change. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Kathleen O, followed by Liat TD. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning. This is Kathleen O, recovered compulsive overeater in California. And I'm out with my dogs, and they're going to want to bark at this dog, so hopefully I can keep them quiet. So this is um, alcohol is but a symptom. So that tells me food isn't my problem. I always thought food was my problem. But it's not my problem. It's a symptom. And the problem are the causes and conditions. Now, what are those? Selfishness, self-centeredness, um, you know, my fears, my resentments, and the, you know, doing a, doing a, a house cleaning. I don't know about you guys, but we had a bunch of company, and when they left, the house was a mess. There was just stuff everywhere. And I don't always want to jump in and tackle it, but I know the sooner I do, the better I'm going to feel because I can get really kind of agitated and annoyed when everything's in disarray. It just kind of bothers me. Um, so, so, you know, when everyone left, I just kind of jumped in and hunkered down and cleaned everything up. And the feeling after that is so wonderful. It's just like, oh, you know, it just feels good. I can breathe again. I can get on with my life. And doing the steps were the same thing. I just needed to dive in and and do the work. And 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 suddenly I just had kind of all this space and and food wasn't a problem anymore, you know? Um and so this is this is a fact finding, fact spacing. I needed and I continue to need to when resentments come up. I need to look at my part in it. Um, you know, the longer the longer I spend looking at someone else's part in it, um, the more they're the problem and I'm not. So it's really important that right away I look at my part in it because there's always a part in it or I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have the resentment. And that's what I need to clean up. And um so yeah, this is this is um such wonderful, wonderful stuff and, and it's so freeing um that you don't want to miss it. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Liat T D followed by Raj G. Liat. Liat D. Good morning, everybody. Um, gosh, this is wonderful as usual. Um, I I was born a very sensitive person, very overly reactive. So everything that I looked at, every, the way I tr- interpret the world was this big drama. You know, I could go to therapists and sit at their at their couch and make them cry. You know, what a horrible life I had. You know, I I know how in my mind, and it's real in my mind, and my idea of how I'm going to get rid of the pain that I was carrying is to share it and to share it as much as I can with as many people as I can. Maybe knowledgeable people will be able to help me figure it out. Maybe if people will be sorry enough for me, I'll be able to 
to feel comfort. I needed comfort. I needed to be free from it. And, um, and I was not getting it. I wasn't getting it. And I went to different therapists and different, and I wasn't getting any freedom from this pain that I was carrying about all the abuse that I went through. And I'm so grateful that Bill was a businessman. And he put it in a very simple form. Bill, somebody, I remember when somebody showed me how to take an inventory with a column, they said, we are going to take this story out of the, out of the inventory. We're just going to put facts, fact-finding, fact-searching, uh, just facts. I'm resentful of my mom. She hit me. Blah. You know, my part, I didn't forgive her. Very simple. Take the whole story out and look at it as it is. And, and what hurts and what's my part. And to look at my part was not fun because I thought I was the victim all this time. Why do I look at my part? You know, and, and people, a lot of times when I show them the stuff, they will say, you know, this is negative. I always look at the negative things. But it's not, it's the only way that works for me. I had to look, I had to honestly look at me and where is, you know, me being so obsessed with me, thinking about me all the time, how everybody needs to be there for me, 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 me. <laughs> and when I discovered that, it freed me. And so for me, it was a, that, with a, that kind of mind, it was the only solution. And believe me, I've tried the other ways of talking about it and trying to feel, have people feel sorry for me and comfort me. It never worked. The only solution was really facing and looking at Wow, you're really you you really are thinking too much about yourself and you need to be to get over yourself and you need to start thinking about others and be there for them. So I'm so grateful for this way that really works for someone like me and I love you all. See you at the conference. I'll pass. Thank you, Leon. Roz G followed by Courtney B. Roz. Star went down mute. Thank you for your patience with the unmuting. Did That's you guys fine. stop at the, uh, thank you. Did you stop at the, uh, where it says causes and conditions? Um, Is that where the reading stops today? It starts at the bottom of next we launched on our course of vigorous action. And we did exactly, I, I'm not sure where you're talking about, but it goes three paragraphs. We, where we did exactly the same thing in our lives, we ended with that paragraph. Okay. With manifestation. Okay? Okay, thank you. I, I'm driving and I, I'm, I was able to pull over. Well, I'll just stick with um, uh, where it says that the decision was vital and crucial. I, I thought that because I went to church and... Um, I would go to the altar and I would get on my knees because at the church I went to, there'd be an altar call and the pastor would say, okay, you know, if you feel as though God is talking to you and you want to confess your sin, come to the altar. So I would many times go to the altar and kneel and pray and ask and sincerely ask God to remove or confess sin in my life. But I still kept, doing the same things and expecting different results. And when it comes to overeating, I still 
became, I was still overeating no matter how much I went to that altar. So something different happened with this program because those first couple of steps, I got really close to God. I really personalized God. I didn't change God, but I made him more personal to me. So I trusted him more and then developed a trust in my sponsor that I had never had with any other sponsor. And I just and I see the here that the step is vital, like vital signs. We have to have vital signs to live and crucial, which means extremely important. And then I had to face and get rid of it. And by writing it out, by confessing it to God, confessing it to my sponsor, I it doesn't block me anymore. And I just, you know, cleaned out my refrigerator and pantry the other day and saw that I sometimes I overbuy things because I do not take an inventory of what I have in my cupboard. And I can see that I'm wasting money because I'm not looking to see what's deep in the fridge or the cupboard. And so the same thing with my life. If I'm not looking to see what's inside of me and, and covering it up with other stuff, I'm going to go broke, spiritually broke. So I'm very, I'm, I'm just, it's worked for me. I'm able to say that when things do crop up, I'm grateful for step 10. But for here in this, this reading right now, it, it's vital. It's crucial. I need to get rid of it. And if I don't, I'm going to go emotionally broke. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Raj G. Courtney B. followed by Sherry KB. This is Courtney B. Northern California. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Yes, good morning, everyone, visionaries. Here we are. Step three makes me want to cry. Uh, it says, better to meet God. Just, I'm sorry, but just those words alone, better to meet God. Are you kidding me? I'm going to meet God? Do you know how that blew my mind? That was just, ah, I'm going to meet God. What? Okay, sounds good to me. I don't have to do this on my own anymore. Thank you. What a relief. What a freedom. So when we talk about, you know, then, so that brought me so much comfort, this new thought that there was a God. Remember it said in step three, made a decision to turn my loan life over to the care of God. It made me think God cares for me. That blew my mind, but I was so willing to believe it. And this whole issue about self, and some want to call it sin or whatever name you want to label, I don't shame it. It, was, it, it helped me survive. It, it, all of my defects, if you want to call them, that was my protection. That's how I managed in the world. So when it came time for inventory, the biggest one, and it wasn't a shameful thing to say, oh, my God, the belief. It said we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused us failure. Being convinced that self manifested was what had defeated us. I just exchanged the word self for fear, being convinced that Fear, fear, the, the, the damaged belief that I was alone in this world, that I was unlovable, I was disconnected from love, that I couldn't trust anyone but me, and even I wasn't really trustworthy, I knew that. But it just explains all of that, what, what drove me from which I lived my life. Relieve me of the bondage of self. For me, again, relieve me of the bondage of fear. And my partnership with God today, I'm like, 
I don't understand the self. What happens with the self if I turn over to God? For me, the example was, if God and I are in a boat, I get to do the rowing. There is still me in here. But I let God direct where we go. But I'm going to be rowing. And just take all that craziness that I use, that energy and my addiction. I mean, I would go out at 12 at night with the row wrapped around me to go for a, a binge. I didn't care. Use that energy into program stuff. That I could buy. We're in a boat. I roll like crazy. God directs. And the other example I loved was gardening. I water. I plant the seeds. I till the soil. God causes the growth, not me. That's how this is going to happen. So what I'm finding is, don't you? Oh, I didn't need to fear an inventory at all. It was exciting to say, God, this this hurts me in my life. You get to decide what goes and when. But I'm just open and willing. I'm open and willing. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Courtney B. Sherry KB, and then I'm going to slip in there, Sylvia F. So Sherry KB, and then me, and then I'll open it up again. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB, Northern California, gratefully covered compulsive reader. So here we are. It's step four. Wow. This is so awesome. Um, you know, what was said before, and I just want to piggyback on that, um, you know, the first three steps, that's why they're in order for a reason, because we... For me, I had to connect with a power greater than myself in order to go on with these steps because I needed a power greater than me to help me through these steps. And so then it's telling us that we launch next, like right after we uh, agree to turn our will and our lives over to the care of a higher power of understanding, we immediately launch into a course of rigorous action, meaning a personal house cleaning to do these steps. And... Um, and even says here, um, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of these things in ourselves, which had been blocking us. So what I was told, and, and you know, I'm just so grateful for uh, my step guide that, that took me through these steps because the way I was taken through and read with this book, I was being prepared. And that's what I felt like is every little thing that I did reading and talking about, I was being prepared um, it was like I was learning to build a spiritual muscle in order to be able to go into the step work um, of the action steps of step four through nine and 10, 11, and 12. And um, so what I was told immediately is, Sherry, this is a fact-finding fact process. It's not an emotional finding, an emotional process. So it was like, you know, um, I'm going to date myself here, but when I was a little kid, I used to watch reruns of Dragnet. And I can remember Sergeant Friday coming up to the door and going, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. And so I, I'm a very visual person. So I did that a lot during when I was working on this because if I stayed with the facts rather than get into my emotions, it helped me so much just, you know, get in there, do the work, and um, get through it. And, you know, when I felt like I needed to be talked off the ledge, I was taught to call to recovered people. And so during the whole time that I was – Reading with my step guide, she would always say, I'd want you to call two recovered people a day. So, you know, I got so used to doing that that I called people and I asked them for their experience, strength, and hope when I felt stuck. But, you know, if it's fact-finding and fact-facing and not emotional-finding and emotional-facing, you do get through this. You really do. And it's an amazing ride. And it, I've always been told, how free do you want to be? And that's what I kept thinking, how free do I want to be? And so that's what helped me to stay with the facts, Follow the directions in the book and 
you know, that it was the skill set I learned to practice is following directions in the book so that when I got to the fourth step, I could do that, follow directions and get through it and do it quickly. Um, you know, I was told to do it within a certain amount of sentences, and that helped me so much. And with that, I passed. And thank you, God. Thank you, uh, Sherry KB. And this is Sylvia F. I'm going to slip in here just for a minute, and then I will take uh, more readers. And um, what I wanted to say, uh, Sylvia F. recovered in um, Northern California. And this line, our liquor was but a symptom. You know, the book has told us in multiple places the same thing. On page 51, it says, leaving aside the drink question. They tell why living was so unsatisfactory. And, um, and they tell us again on page 19, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. That was mind-boggling to me because, uh, because I really thought that food was my problem. That's why I came in. And so now it's getting us prepared and it's telling us that you know, we've made a crucial step of, of steps one, two, and three. It could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. And it reminds us our liquor was but a symptom. So we put the food down and we start getting down to work to causes and conditions. And I love the share so far, but I, I guess the, the thing that I wanted to emphasize is that, um, that the food is what I went because I couldn't handle how I felt. I couldn't handle my how life went, I couldn't handle my feelings, I couldn't handle my emotions. I didn't even know what they were. So if something happened, anything happened, my next thought, it wasn't even a thought, it was a urge, was uh, potato chips. I mean, it, it, I, there was, it was so direct that what the steps did, and these are the action steps that I started looking at what my part was, and started reconnecting my brain with my emotions and so I didn't have to react with food all the time. This is where it happened and it's a very slow reconnection. So now, you know, when I have the, when anything happens in life, you know, which is daily, it's not my first thought isn't food, but that's because I, I did these steps and I started looking for, you know, the, uh, what had been blocking us. We had to get down to causes and conditions. With that, I pass. If you're just joining us, we're on page 63. It's the last paragraph. We're, so we're starting on uh, step four. Next, we launch into a vigorous course of action. We go for three paragraphs. And who do I have? Elaine B. Elaine B. Who else? Devorah S. Devorah S. Michelle S. I think I had uh, Carol... Hey, Carol Kay? Yes. Thank you. And then who, who was after that? Michelle S. Oh, Michelle S. I might be able to fit one more in. Anybody else? Okay, well, we'll go with this. Elaine B., Deborah S., Carol Kay, and Michelle S. Elaine? Hi, Sylvia. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts and extraordinarily grateful. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, I can. Thanks. Okay, great. So a couple of things I wanted to point out. After we take step three, utterly abandon ourselves to a power greater than ourselves, that uh, there are two action steps. It says next, we launched out on a course, and that we, um, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, where's the word? At once. <laughs> next and at once. Next and at once. That's immediate. That's not, you know, listen to all the steps in a meeting, um, study for a while, practice steps one, two, and three for six months. Um, and I think that that is a lot of my experience that I've seen kind of working the tools one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. But next and at once, we had to, um, it would have no permanent effect unless followed by a strenuous effort. I like the descriptors that they use, you know, strenuous um, effort, that it is work. But it isn't the work of digging up the emotions and refeeling, reliving, retelling, refeeling, re-injuring ourselves, returning to the food. <laughs> um, it is just a personal inventory where we stand a step away. I was taught to do it one call at a time, list, it, list the names. You know, when we read the instructions a little further, just, you know, list the names, stop there. You know, the names, principles, and institutions. Um, and doing it one call at a time really helped me not get into the emotion and the storytelling that is so common in this. And also, it kept me away from refeeling. It was helping me face the facts. And the facts were that there were flaws in my makeup which caused my failure. You mean it wasn't just the food? It wasn't the food? <laughs> the food was, wasn't my failure? No, you know, I put on the food and I'm feeling the bedevilments, restless irritability and discontent, and I'm feeling them more than ever. I'm also feeling resentment and fear and uh, desire to lie and all of those uh, self-seeking behaviors, those flaws in my character, which really were the root of my problem. And, you know, what was the true thing is that I wanted to really abandon myself to God. I would be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. But when I didn't get my way, I could be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. I had to look at the coping mechanisms I used behind the food to try to get what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted it, and to get it now. <laughs> what were the ways I was running the show? What were the things that I needed to utterly abandon to God? And I love the fact that we also get to look at the effects because, you know, there's a reason why we learned this way. It kept me alive till today, but obviously I don't need it anymore. God has a better plan for me. And if you haven't worked the step, God has a better plan for you too. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Deborah S., followed by Carol Kay. Thank you so much, and everyone on the line. This is Deborah S. from New Jersey, recovered. And I love that word, next, because I can get so into, like, okay, so I took step three, and I've, I've made it, I've arrived, and what else is there for me to do? And I've done that. I've been there um, and felt that, that that was enough for me. But... Um, but what am I to do with all this stuff that comes up, you know? But it's been said, food and weight is not my problem. It's the pile up of human emotions. And what am I to do with that? So here it tells me explicit directions. And, you know, for someone like myself, you know, as addicts, I tend to complicate things. But it's laid out here very, very simply. And I don't have to, you know, and I, I, can, I can complicate it and make it very, very difficult. But it's 
it isn't a simple program. It is an easy program. And all I have to do is follow the directions. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And that's what I love is the directions are right here in the book. And I, and I follow them. And uh, grateful to do that. And that's how I do it with my sponsees. I keep it very, very simple, you know, just following the directions. And honestly, when I went through it with my sponsor, it took a very, very long time. Um, it took a couple of years, actually, and I don't do that today, you know. I just don't. I, I see the importance of it, it's getting through it, because it's a miracle that I stayed abstinent through those months that I was writing my inventory. It's a miracle. Um, I felt like I was in a dark pit trying to find get out of it. I felt very disgusted with myself. Oh, poor, like, you know, look at all the things that I've done done to others and, you know, what a miserable life I had. So I really, I, I really value this, that we want to just get onto it, move on, get out of it and get to the other side. And, um, and it's only, honestly, it is only a beginning because I live this way each day. It's not that I finish my fourth step and I'm done and I give it away and then tra-la-la and we're on the land. No, I have to live it each day. I have to live this every single day. And that's where that's where my growth really, really comes from, Keep, keeping in touch, doing the 10s, doing my 11s, and, and, and keeping daily, daily um, inventory of myself and, and having a close relationship with God. So um, really grateful for this meeting and for the directions that we get here in the book. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah S. Carol K. followed by Michelle S. Carol, start one. Hi, this is Carol Kay, Recovery Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia. Um, yeah, so um, so by, by the time I got to step four, you know, with steps one, two, and three, that I admitted I was a compulsive overeater, I, you know, and I was willing to give my entire self to God. When I came into this program, I was, I, I hit bottom. That was it. I, I was done. I had nowhere else to go. And so by the time I got to the fourth step here, you know, I, I saw like, you know, my sponsor was explaining to me, you know, you're resentful, you know, you have your columns, the cause and effects. And when I looked at it, I said, oh, good, I can write all these people's names down that did this, 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 and this to me. Like, I, I still wasn't getting it because I'm so stubborn and thick-headed that I didn't want to see my part. I had a lot of trouble with this fourth step because I had a lot of trouble seeing my part. But, you know, because for 50 years of my life, 50 years of my life, I I was, like this sentence says here, a business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Well, I was broke emotionally, physically, and financially. And so, you know, I, I remember with my sponsor, when we were doing a sports step, I, was, I started going into morbid reflection. And she said, no, don't go into morbid reflection. Look, we're not, you're not here to beat yourself up. Not at all. You're here to clean up your side of the street. She said, Carol, all we're doing is cleaning up so that this way you don't have to hold this anymore. Because the reason you're reading is because of the emotions. It's a buildup of emotions. Food is not the problem, but it's a symptom. So, you know, today I realized, thank you, God, for this big book because it saved my life. This program and all of you on this line have saved my life. Um. I'm not broke anymore. As long as I hold God's 
I call my higher power God, creator, whatever. It doesn't matter. I call my higher power God. As long as I hold God's hand every single second of every single day, I'm safe. I'm happy. I'm joyous. And I'm free. And I work this program like my life depends on it. And was I able to get out of morbid reflection going through the fourth step? Absolutely, yes. I, 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 I took the action. It is a program of action. It's action, action, action. Every single day, every minute, it's constant. It's constant action. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. Michelle S., and then I probably will have time for one more person, but Michelle S. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi. Good morning, everyone. My name is Michelle F., Compulsive Reader from Connecticut. It's my first time actually sharing on this line, so I'm excited to be here today. Um, I think for me, there's a lot of great stuff in here, but I think the line that really resonated just because of where I am today the most, it says, it's in the second paragraph, I believe, it says, one object is to disclose sorry, damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. You know, and I think it's the without regret part that really resonated. You know, for me, my character defects certainly did not serve me well, um, but they were, they came to be the thing that was most familiar, you know, and I think I find even today in my recovery, even though I've gotten beyond a lot of that and I've let go of a lot of that, you know, I still sometimes find that longing for the thing that's familiar um, to sort of be um, an issue. But, you know, I, um, they say that this program is all about change and change can certainly be uncomfortable excuse me, uncomfortable at times. But I know that for me, through working the program in time and being willing and praying sometimes for that willingness um, to sort of be able to change, it is truly amazing the things that do occur when I put myself in God's hands. So I'm just glad to be here today and to be reminded of all the great stuff in this program that works. Thanks so much. Thank you, Michelle S. And I have time for one or two more shares who'd like to, we have about uh, four minutes. Pam W. Okay, Pam W. Anybody else who wants to fill in for short? Okay, well, Pam, take it away. Hi, everybody. This is Pam W. Uh, I am in San Diego, compulsive overeater. And um, I listen to this meeting regularly, and I really appreciate everything everybody shares. And I'm going to come to the convention in September. already got my ticket. Looking forward to it. Um, When I was listening this morning, uh, the thing that uh, sticks out at me, um, though our decision was vital and crucial step, it could have a little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Our liquor was but, well, our liquor was but a sentence, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. And for myself, like, I know, like, one of the things in me is that I have a real uh, attachment to this idea that I come from a loser family and we're losers and I'm never going to be anything but a loser. And I'm, and, you know, being overweight goes just like right along with this kind of thinking. And I've lost quite a bit of my weight, uh, but I still have this attachment to, um, to this old idea that I have about, about, about who I am and where I come from. The truth is, is like, 
you know, I'm a loving child of God, and if I ask God, God will walk with me through anything. That's the kind of higher power I have today. But I believe that fear uh, and just the way that I am, like I'm stubborn, which has actually honestly served me well because I haven't quit on this program or on this recovery, you know what I'm saying? I've stayed. I've stayed even though I haven't done it pretty. I haven't done it perfectly. I've made mistakes. I've been selfish. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I've, I, I've done things wrong, but I haven't quit. I'm abstinent. And, um, but the, I deal with the, how I deal with some things that I don't want to do is through so much resistance and I'm so stubborn. It's like, it's like at the core of my being and sometimes it's an asset, but I can see where it's a, it's, it's a defect right now hanging on. So, um, I actually have a plan. I hope what's going to happen at the convention is that I'm going to go through the steps and I'm going to, um, get some kind of spiritual relief to letting go of this thing that I've been hanging on. It's all about me and who I am. It's not about, it's not about anything outside of me. And I really would like to have some relief from this, um, this kind of selfishness and self-centeredness and fear. So I appreciate everybody who shared and thanks for listening. That's it. Thank you, Pam W. So thank you to everyone who has shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday for all of our uh, for all of your service. Sorry. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Hi. and will uh, Jackie B. Please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. This is Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes, Jackie B. Thank you. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come. If If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 